you're listening to the Pursuit of Christ podcast, where we are passionate about developing a deeper relationship with Jesus Christ by taking the truths of Scripture and applying them to everyday life. We hope that you'll be encouraged and challenged as we examine God's Word together today. Well, good morning, and uh, welcome to our study in the book of Proverbs this morning. Uh, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, I would encourage you this morning, uh, please be praying for Pastor Will. He's going to be preaching uh, a little bit later this morning to a group of pastors. They're talking about church planting, and uh, so he has the opportunity to go and share God's Word uh, with a group of men who are interested in and, and wanting to learn about church planting. So pray for him uh, as he is out uh, out this morning, and I'm thankful for the opportunity to join you this morning to share God's Word with you today. Uh, we are praising the Lord this morning as well. Uh, last night we had a youth activity and we had a good group that came. We had two professions of faith and uh, so we're rejoicing with that this morning. Very thankful about what the Lord is doing. Uh, but with that youth activity, I'm learning that uh, being a youth pastor may increase my coffee intake. Moving a little bit slow this morning. So I brought brought my coffee with me today. <laughs> and uh, so if I take a sip of that, it's just to make sure that my head is clear as we look at the text of God's word together. Um, but we're rejoicing at what the Lord has done. I'm thankful that Pastor Will has the opportunity to share God's word with the group of men this morning. And I'm thankful for the opportunity to open up the text and share it with you today. Now we're going to be in the book of Proverbs today, Proverbs chapter 5. Uh, so we're entering into a new chapter. And Proverbs chapter 5 is really the first long, concentrated warning against adultery that we see in the book of Proverbs. Um, and really, this, this chapter is kind of naturally divided into three sections. Uh, each one is when the father speaks specifically to his son, to the youth that he is addressing. The first one that we see is in verse 5. He says, My son, attend unto my wisdom, and bow thine ear to my understanding. If you look down in verse 7, um, the author says, Hear me now, therefore, O ye children, and depart not from the words of my mouth. If you look down in verse 20, uh, he says, And why wilt thou, my son, be ravished with a strange woman and embrace the bosom of a stranger? So you can see these are kind of the, the three natural divisions that occur throughout the chapter. So today, what I'd like to do is I'd like to take this first division, Proverbs chapter four, uh, 5, verses 1 through 6, and share that with you. So this is what the text says. It says, My son, attend unto my wisdom, and bow thine ear to my understanding, that thou mayest regard discretion, and that thy lips may keep knowledge. For the lips of a strange woman drop as a honeycomb, and her mouth is smoother than oil, but her end is bitter as wormwood, sharp as a two-edged sword. Her feet go down to death, her steps take hold on hell, lest thou should ponder the path of life. Her ways are movable that thou canst not know them. So there's a couple things. Again, just want to share some very, very simple thoughts with you this morning from the book of Proverbs. Um, First, I don't think it's an accident that this section where the author is speaking about adultery for the first time, uh, I, I think the Holy Spirit knew exactly what he was doing when he organized the book of Proverbs in the way that he did. Because if you remember yesterday, we came and we talked about when we were looking at uh, Proverbs chapter 4, verses 20 to 27, we talked about how we need to be intentional in our walk. And that uh, the intentionality that he talks about is a whole body issue, right? So he talks about the eyes, and he talks about the ears, and he talks about the mouth, and the mind, and the heart. He discusses all of those things. And if you and I are to be intentional in our walk, we need to be taking care of our thoughts. We need to be taking care of our words and what we're putting in, what we're taking into our hearts and into our minds. Uh, because what that does is it affects our thoughts, it affects our attitudes, our emotions, and our actions. 
And so right on the heels of that conversation, now the author of Proverbs goes and he says, okay, now make sure that you're listening. That's the exhortation in verse one. Why, why do we need to listen? In verse two, he says that you may regard discretion and that your lips may keep knowledge. He says, look, you need to listen. We just talked about being intentional. Now, listen, listen, this is the ears, right? Listen to what I'm telling you. Why? So that you can walk with discretion. Okay, so that we can be intentional in the way that we are walking. So he's taking the thoughts from the end of chapter four, and now he's taking those ideas, and now he's going to show us what that looks like practically in real life. And so I don't, I don't think it's an accident that the Holy Spirit organized the book of Proverbs in this way. I think it's very, very intentional, and I'm glad that the Holy Spirit has put this together. If he just would have come out and said, look, Okay, be careful of the strange woman, right? I mean, obviously that's good exhortation, but how do we do that? Well, we do it with the instruction that comes at the end of chapter four. So if we do what we talked about yesterday, all of a sudden we are now capable of doing what he instructs us to do in chapter five. And I've entitled this lesson this morning, The Deception of Adultery. And the reason that I've described it that way is because look at what he says in verse three, the lips of a strange woman drop as a honeycomb. And her mouth is smoother than oil. I think it's interesting. If you look at the end of verse 2, he's talking to his son. He says, look, listen so that you can regard discretion and that your lips may keep knowledge. He says, look, I want you to understand what the truth is, and I want you to walk in the truth. I want you to speak truth. And now that is contrasted with the strange woman in verse 3, whose lips drop as honeycomb and her mouth is smoother than oil. So he draws this very clear contrast between what he wants his son to do in verse 2 and then the deception of sin, the, the deception of the adulteress in verse 3. And I think it's very important here to see that uh, adultery, the strange woman here, presents herself as one thing. But as we see in verse 4, it says, but her end is as bitter as, wor as wormwood. And that idea of wormwood there is the idea of suffering that comes as a result of poor choices. So he says, look, she presents herself as one way, but what's the result? Verse four, her end is suffering. He says, she will lead you to suffer. If you make poor choices and if you follow the strange woman, her end, the way that she, the place that she is going to take you is hurt and suffering and pain. And then he also describes her as sharp as a two-edged sword. Literally in the Hebrew there, the idea is a sword of mouths, or literally a sword that cuts no matter how you swing it. Okay, so the two-edged sword, we think of the sharp blade on either side, but the sword of mouths was being described here in the Hebrew is just a sword that's flailing around everywhere and it has no dull edges on it. It cuts no matter where it hits. And he says, look, the adulterous woman here, uh, her, her end will bring you suffering and her mouth, it, it cuts no matter where it lands. There is no place to escape if we don't walk with discretion. And if we choose this, there is no place that we can hide. There is pain and there is damage that is caused as a result. And now look at her end. Verse 5, her feet go down to death. Her steps take hold on hell. And then in verse 6, it's actually very interesting because in verse 6 where it says, it says thou, uh, lest thou should ponder the path of life. And then he says uh, at the end of the verse that thou canst not know them. But actually all of the verbs here in this verse talk about the adulterous woman. So 
let's let's put the idea of she in each of these verses in verse six lest she should ponder the path of life her ways are movable that she cannot know them so literally what is happening here is this adultery woman is going from one sensual encounter to another not aware of where her end is taking her not aware of where her actions are going not aware of her final result as a as a result of her not not aware of her final destination as a result of her sinfulness and so the instruction of the father here is he says, look, listen so that you can discern. Listen so that you can know. Be aware, be conscious, pay attention so that you can walk in discernment, that you can know the truth, that you can speak the truth. Because the adulterous woman doesn't, doesn't present herself in reality. What you see is not what you get. My dad used to always tell me that sin will take you farther than you want to go and it will cost you more than you want to pay. And the Bible tells us that the pleasures of sin are for a season. And here, I believe that this is what we see. She, she presents herself as one thing. She is deceptive. What we see is not, is not what we get. And I'm glad that the text of Scripture tells us what the end result of this is. Because in verse 4, there is suffering, there is pain, there is damage. And then the result is her end leads to destruction. So what then is the practical application for us today? I just want to give you a couple simple thoughts here. Um, and just as we, as we wrap up. So let me, as I was thinking through this and meditating on it yesterday, let me just give you a couple of thoughts. Okay. I, I know that the text here is speaking specifically of adultery, but I also want to just talk about sin a little bit more generally. Um, sin is deceptive. Sin is deceptive. And, um, sometimes we, we, we like to, in our discipleship and when we talk with other people, we want to tell them about, about the fact that God is love and that God loves them. And that is true. And I'm thankful for the love of God. But we also need to tell them about the reality and the deceptive nature of sin. Uh, the problem in our world today um, is not economics. The problem in our world today is not politics. The problem in our world today is sin. And the answer is Christ. And we need to help people see the deceptive nature of sin and how their sin is destructive and how their sin is ravaging. And then we need to take that opportunity to point them to Jesus Christ, because that is that is the issue. The issue is sin. And the answer is Christ. So I think we need to be honest about the deceptive nature of sin. And I don't think we should shy away from talking about it because sin is deceptive and it is destructive. And we need to be willing to say, look, your sin will kill you. The book of James tells us that lust when it is conceived bringeth forth sin and sin when it is finished bringeth forth death. There is damage and there is hurt and there is pain when sin enters into the picture. So we need to be honest about that. And I think we need to be, uh, I, I think we need to, to talk about sin. I think we need to confront individuals with their sin. I'm thankful for individuals in my life that have confronted me with my sin. I need that. I need that because I want to do what is right. And I need people to come alongside of me and help me and say, James, what you're doing right now is not, is not right. And I'm thankful for people in my life that have done that. I think we also need to realize. So what we see is not what we get. We need to be honest and upfront about the deceptive nature of sin. I think number two, we also we need to live within eternal focus. Because the Bible does tell us that sin is pleasurable for a season. But if you and I are being intentional in our spiritual walk, and if we have an eternal focus, we remember that, hey, yes, this is pleasurable for a season, but for the span of eternity, my satisfaction and my identity is found in Jesus Christ and in him alone. Right? When we sin, I don't, I don't, think, that, I don't think that we want to say, 
Uh, I don't think that any of us would go say, I hate God. I want to rebel against God. I want to sin against him. That's not our thought process. But when we sin, our focus is taken off of God and it is put onto something else. Right? And that goes against the intentionality that we talked about at the end of chapter 4. But it's not, that, it's not that we want to reject God. It's not that we want to rebel against God. But it's that Satan tempts us. And all of a sudden, our view of God becomes very small. And the pleasures of sin become very large. And I think we fight that by living with an eternal focus and saying, look, yes, this might be pleasurable for a time. But Lord Jesus, I love you more. My identity is found with you. And the, the, the small pleasures of sin that I might experience right now pales in comparison to the riches that you have entrusted me with and given me for all of eternity. When we'll have the opportunity to worship God and glorify him forever. Oh, sorry, I should have turned my, uh, I should have turned my phone off. I apologize. Started getting a phone call right, right here in the middle of our time together. All right, get that turned off. So I think you and I need to be honest about the deceptive nature of sin. I think you and I need to live within eternal focus. And finally, I would just encourage you again, be intentional and be discerning in your spiritual walk. If you and I just wake up, if we eat our cereal and then just go out to go throughout our day with no real thought about how we're going to passionately pursue Jesus Christ, about how we're going to walk with intentionality, about how we are going to seek to fulfill the Great Commission mandate, if we don't go out and try to be intentional about passionately pursuing Jesus Christ, we will fall and we will stumble. Because sin is attractive and it is deceptive. And if we don't go out with a laser focus to passionately pursue after Jesus Christ, if we don't go out with a goal to grow closer to Jesus and to help bring others along with us and to fulfill the Great Commission and to reach others with the gospel of Jesus Christ, if we don't go out to be intentional in our spiritual walk, sin is out there and our sin seeks to trip us up. It seeks to cause us to stumble. It seeks to lead us to places that we don't want to go. So we need to be intentional. We need to be intentional. So when we get up in the morning, we renew our minds like we talked about yesterday, and then we enter out into our day, recognizing that, well, sin is, sin is, is deceptive. It, is, it looks pleasurable for a time, but understanding that our sin, is, our sin is deceptive, and it will take you farther than you want to go, and it will cost you more than you want to pay. And then understanding that I'm going to choose to live with an eternal focus today, understanding that the riches that God has entrusted to us for all of eternity far outweigh any temporary fleeting pleasures that you and I could experience right now. So if I can just give you an encouragement and a challenge, that would be it. That would be it. The deceptive nature of sin. Let's be aware of it and let's choose to be intentional. Let's choose to walk in the light of eternity. All right, well, let's close our time together this morning in a word of prayer. I trust that this has been a blessing and an encouragement and a challenge to you. And uh, thank you so much for being willing to tune in and listen. Remember, pray for Pastor Will. Uh, he's coming back a little bit later this evening. He'll be back in the office tomorrow. So pray for him as he speaks and then as he drives. And uh, we're looking forward to having him back in the office. And I'll be praying for you today. As you go out through your day, I pray that you'll be intentional. I pray that you'll live with an eternal focus. I pray that you'll resist the fleeting, deceptive sin that is out there. All right, so let's pray for one another. Let's hold each other accountable and uh, we'll give God the honor and the glory because he's the one that deserves it. Let's close in a word of prayer and then we'll go our separate ways today. All right, Heavenly Father, thank you so much. It's a very, very simple challenge from the word of God this morning, but I pray that it would be a blessing. I pray that it would be an encouragement and I pray that you would be honored and glorified. Thank you so much for the opportunity to be able to fulfill the Great Commission, to be a vehicle that you can use to accomplish your will in the world today. And uh, I just pray that you would help us to walk faithfully, you'd help us to walk intentionally, 
you would help us to resist the fleeting pleasures of sin and live in the light of eternity, understanding the future riches of your grace, which you are going to give us in exceeding fashion. We want to give you the honor and glory for that because you're the one that deserves it. We ask all of these things in your name. Amen. All right. Well, thank you so much for tuning in today. And uh, we will see you tomorrow. Have a great rest of your day.